0: All right, everybody, welcome again to Casual Nonsense. It's always great to have you with us. It would be even more special if you would share this episode with at least one friend today. Just hit that share button, send it along, easy peasy, everybody's happy. Also, if you think that yourself or you know someone that would make a great guest on the show, then shoot me a note. Uh, My email's in the bottom of the show notes, so send that along or just write in and say hello. I don't care. It's all good. All right. On this episode, we dive into our first episode that is solely about a movie, and what better movie to start with than one that is near and dear to my heart, and that is Rounders, starring Matt Damon and Edward Norton. I've probably seen this movie over forty times, and I don't think I don't think that's an exaggeration. I might actually be rounding down. Uh, we used to watch it every time uh, when we had we had a poker game going on. We always popped that on. Well, because this movie is all about poker, I thought, who better to join me on the show than Terrence Jordan? So Terrence was a guest on episode 14 of the show, and that was called Poker in Jeopardy. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, I recommend you go back and check it out. His his backstory is one of champions. So go check that out. You'll certainly enjoy it. Well, unfortunately, uh, Pete could not join us on this episode today. He was helping uh, feed the homeless, but we carried on without him. All right, well, let's get to it. All right. Well, welcome, everybody. Casual Nonsense. Uh, I am your host, Mark. We have a special episode today. Um, this is actually pretty near and dear to for me because we're going to do a movie today, and I'm a big fan of this movie. I've been for years. Uh, we're going to talk about Rounders. I thought the best way to do that was to bring back the initial poker story from Casual Nonsense. So I have Terrence. TJ with me again today. So Terrence, what's up, dude? How's it going, Mark? Good to be here. Thanks for having me again. Oh man, I'm 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 happy that you're here. I think that having a movie about poker is awesome, and we're gonna get into the details of that. But it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a good ride.
1: Definitely. I, what you told me, you were interested in doing. Uh podcast on some movies you asked me to send you a list i sent you a whole long list and you zeroed in on this one and yep. this is my favorite movie of all time so i couldn't be more
0: excited to awesome. be here I, <laughs> I didn't even go further down the list like i don't even know what else is on your list yeah, and you, you said stopped, right? stopped. <laughs> email reply like when can we skip that's all you needed yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're talking about we're talking about rounders now this movie came out in 1998 right before we get into the movie uh it's been it's been a couple months since i saw you so when you were here last time you were you were writing about the mets I was, right. yes. So now good. you're writing about other teams. What other teams are you writing about now?
1: Yeah, I've expanded a little. So I, I uh I was writing about the Mets and also doing college basketball, although the season had ended by that point. But I'm still doing those two. I haven't written a ton about the Mets lately because the season kind of predictably went <laughs> Is off the, the, the cliff Mets? like it always <laughs> does. Yeah. <laughs> um but I picked up uh the Angels, uh kind of randomly. One of the guys that wrote for the Mets, uh, he runs the Angels site on fan sided where I write. So he he told me he liked my stuff. He asked if I want to write for them. So I did. So I've written a fair amount of articles about the Angels. But then recently I got into uh, the Chicago Bears for the NFL, okay. which has always been my football team. So I've been excited to do that. Oh, I was going to ask
0: you that. It's okay, so you're you're a fan of the Bears. Yeah, so I'm a lifelong
1: Bears you. fan. I had, I had a crazy uncle uh, when I was younger that I think just rubbed off on me. He was just a lunatic Bears fan. Uh, me and his son, my cousin, we always joked we were the only Bears fans in New York
0: when I lived there, and now I'm hmm. probably the only one in North Carolina. But Well, you know what's funny? My buddy Kevin is uh, – he's a Mets fan and a Bears fan. Really? Yeah, oh. it's, it's an odd, like, I, he's always been a Bears fan. Like, like, I just find it an odd combination. Best friend I didn't know I had. I yeah. gotta meet this guy. <laughs> well, we'll get Kevin over here sometime, <laughs> yeah. so shout out Kevin for... We can for wallow me. in our misery together.
1: <laughs> the Bears <laughs> well, season ain't going too well either. That's all
0: he does, too. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. that's the text I get, right? Well, that's awesome, man. Well, congratulations on on doing that. I think that's that's fantastic. That's your only gig, right? So you're...
1: Yeah, that's what You're I'm up to lately. Yeah, that's that's my thing. And and like we spoke about last time, I've been playing a lot of poker. Probably playing more poker now than <laughs> when uh, we first spoke. I've gotten uh, a couple other games I've gotten in on. So, yeah, it's been going pretty good. Okay, um, so you get got the, the home games going? Yeah, nothing that I'm hosting, but, uh, yeah, I play every Tuesday, every Friday, and then sometimes on Wednesday, trying not to do too much. So I won't be out of the house too often. Um, yeah. But, yeah, other than that, I'm coaching my oldest son's soccer team and – the other two are playing also, so like our weekends are just soccer filled. Nice. Um, but yeah, things have been going pretty good. So you so. could you could
0: say that you're rounding again. That yes, that? <laughs> <I am. laughs> nice. All right. Well, with that segment, let's get into Rounders, right? Yes. So obviously, Rounders is about poker. If you haven't seen Rounders, um, you're really missing out. Uh, this movie, 1998, um, not a big budget movie. It didn't. It's not a wasn't a blockbuster. But you have early stages of Matt Damon, which. I mean, any stage of Matt Damon is really pretty good. I mean, he just delivers. And so, tell me, tell me, what's this movie about? Give me the, give me the synopsis. And I know you're not reading this from anywhere. This is off the top of your head, sure. Let's tell everyone around us is about for those for the cheap seats that haven't seen. Yeah.
1: it. Yeah, so it's a it's a poker movie. It's set in New York. Uh, Matt Damon plays uh, Mike McDermott. He's the main character. Um, he's a law student, but he's a he's also a poker player, and that's his real passion. Edward Norton plays Worm. That's his best friend, who is right at the beginning of the movie, gets out of jail. Matt Damon goes to pick him up. And he is a bit of uh, an unscrupulous character. He <laughs> he cheats. He deals from the bottom of the deck. He kind of tries to get any edge he can, whether it's ethical or not. And so that's kind of where the conflict comes from. Uh, Worm has uh, some outstanding debts that uh, people were anxiously awaiting him getting out of jail. And uh, Mike, being a good friend, has tried to uh, help him out with that. But they get in a little over their head and... They eventually uh, they they have to raise a lot of money in a short period of time, and so they're they're trying to play every poker game they can, um, and yeah, it goes from there. I don't know if you want to go through the whole thing right now. The plot, no, or, just the overview yeah, is
0: good. That's good. So, that sets it up. <laughs> so he's a you know he's a he's in law school, former poker player in law school, runs into some shit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Due to his see, friend, right? you see at the beginning, he, uh, Mike plays in uh, like this underground game. It's like a Russian mafia. Yeah hideout whatever you want to call it um and he he kind of takes his shot he's been slowly building up his bankroll um and he he's saved up like thirty thousand dollars he's got this dream of going to vegas playing the world series of poker and so he's like all right if i can get one big score i'm there so he puts it all on the line and loses it all yeah and so he kind of he kind of quits poker temporarily he uh he promises his girlfriend that he's going to give it up, but then Worm gets out of jail and the itch comes back and he draws him back into that whole world.
0: Throws a, wrench, throws a wrench into it. Yeah. So I want to get into the World Series of Poker for a second, right? So this is the part that, like, when you watch the movie now, it makes sense because poker is mainstream or whatever. Like, you spend there was a, there was a big window there where poker was on TV and, you know, Travel Channel and mm-hmm. ESPN, right? So in 1998... They Show in the movie him watching like Johnny Chan, yeah, in like 87 88. Mm-hmm. There was only 150 170 people, oh, in yeah. each of those years that played, you know. And if you jump ahead to this past year, 2023, 10,000 people, over 10,000 yep. contestants, like in the World Series of Poker. When I think about when this movie came out in, in, in 98 or 97, whenever they're filming it, right? Like, there's only a few hundred people in this tournament, mm-hmm. and it's just amazing how it. You know, like that's his dream, right? Like it was still called the World Series of Poker. Yeah. You know, the very first one was in nineteen seventy. Six people. <laughs> Six people in the world yep. That's like a fun game. You do a World Series of Poker every Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> you know pretty much. I mean? That's <laughs> essentially what it is. I just think it's amazing when you look up and, and you know, if you if you go to like just Wiki World Series of Poker and it tells you who won, who was runner up the whole time through. My point is, I think that this movie was a little bit ahead of its time. Definitely. So it came out the theaters in '98. It probably made—I don't know the sales that it made on DVD, but it would probably made more DVD sales. I'd have to imagine because
1: yeah, I know it got pulled from the theaters after like three weeks. It was kind of a bomb, yeah. And then yeah, it kind of gained a cult following
0: after, and it's just kept growing over time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's true uh, because the poker boom, if you will, uh, that didn't take place till like 2003, 2002. Chris MoneyMaker, yeah, Chris MoneyMaker, yeah, and that's when. Yeah, that's when it's on TV. That's when it really started to kick up where it was always on ESPN, right? And maybe, maybe the Ocho. I don't know if it was on <laughs> the main ESPN, right? But when it started getting like the, the travel channel started showing all these tournaments and stuff, it was amazing. You know, but that's why I think when the popularity of this movie picked up too, so... Uh, that's probably about the time I started playing. Like, like I saw this movie in the theaters. You did? Uh, oh man, I that, wish I did. But and and that, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, I was living in uh, Florida at the time, and I had nothing else to do.
1: <laughs> so, yeah,
0: I, I was 15. I was going to the movies a fair
1: amount in like high school, but I don't, I don't ever remember it coming out. Yeah. I feel like shortly after it did, that's when I got into it. Um, like, bought the DVD and right, it, right. just kept rewatching it. And-
0: I didn't really play poker back then. I just, you know, it was just I just wanted to go to the movies. That's about when I got into it.
1: I can't remember if I got into it because of the movie, or I think they just kind of happened to be at the same time pretty much. But yeah. Rounders definitely fueled that fire a bit. Like, uh, it's interesting. Mike in the movie says that he dreams to play in the World Series of Poker, but he didn't have a Rounders to inspire him to do that. He right. watched these old broadcasts, but even when you see the Johnny Chan, that match in the, uh, the, VHS the movie, tape, you, yeah, you know? it, it's this old grainy VHS tape. Yep. There's no whole card cams. You don't even know what the players have until they show their hands, if they do. Yep. So like that innovation came later. That's when it really took off. So yeah, it definitely was ahead of its time. Five years later was Moneymaker, and that's when it really blew up. But Moneymaker kind of blew up poker, but it also made people look back at rounders and... That exploded in popularity too. Yeah. Like that was the, that's like the number one poker movie. That's what everybody references. Like Caddyshack for golf. Like you can't play around a round of golf <laughs> without someone quoting Caddyshack. Right. You can't be in a poker game without somebody
0: <laughs> quoting Rounders. Uh, I said that's a hundred percent true. And you know the thing is like with with Chris MoneyMaker won, like he was the the everyday man, if you will. Yeah. And that gave everyone else hope. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like oh, if this random dude who just plays online. You know, hey, I play online. That means I can win too.
1: Yeah, and then and the field size exploded after I think it was like eight hundred something people
0: the year he was in. Yeah,
1: and then the next year it like tripled and quadrupled, and like it was always multiple thousands of people every year after that.
0: It jumped in two thousand and four. It jumped to twenty five hundred people. There you go. Yeah, that it tripled, was basically. that was the big jump. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think before that it was in the eight hundreds. I think you're yeah. right. So the thing is like, so we talk about in ninety eight how the movie was only out for a few weeks. So it came out in September. You know, so it just had that fall showing. I don't know if you know the movies, other movies that came out in '98. There were some good movies in '98. No. I'm going to run down this list real quick, and I'm going to I'm going to skip some. But the number one movie in '98 was Titanic. Oh, jeez! Right? So that people were that.
1: watching that five times in the
0: theater so Oh yeah, that's what the I Browners mean. Browners didn't have a chance. That that came out in December too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll just I'll blow through some of these. You got Titanic, Armageddon, Saving Private Ryan, The Something About Mary, Waterboy, uh, Deep Impact. If you're if you're into those movies, Rush Hour. Goodwill Hunting actually came out later that year. That was December of the same year. Okay. So he kind of filmed those, uh, you know, back to back. Lethal the Weapon Four, which is a pretty good movie. Okay. That's one yeah. Jet Li. Yeah, that's the one with Jet Li, I believe. What else was in there? Enemy of the State, which is really that's a great awesome. movie. That's yeah. an underrated Will Smith, Will Smith movie. Hackman, yeah. yeah, for sure.
1: I, I saw five, six, seven of those in the movie theater. So I'm, I, I can't believe I wasn't aware of Rounders at that time. Yeah, it's because I saw right? most of
0: those. I don't know if you like Six Days, Seven Nights. That's one of my favorite Harrison Ford movies, but really. I
1: actually have not seen that one. Really? I I dig it. I dig that one.
0: U.S. Marshals, that's the fugitive part two, yeah. right? Yeah, it had stiff competition though. It obviously. really did, <laughs> yeah. There was one at the bottom, like Wild Things. I think we've all we all know the scene in Wild Things. Oh that yeah, saw, that was right? that was
1: uh <laughs> that and Cruel Intentions were like the two yeah. like
0: high school post pubescent boy movies that yeah. everybody <laughs> <laughs>
1: Everybody had to talk about.
0: So Rounders was uh, ranked 79th that year in overall, like profits. So made, made about 22 million, you know, give or take. Um, oh, Jackie Brown. Uh, yeah, Tarantino. Tarantino movie. Yeah, that was pretty solid. Big Lebowski was another underground movie that. Yeah, that's and, just, and that's gotten a cult following, yeah. and then some. Yep, that's another one that was uh, in the theaters, but probably not very long. I don't know the dates on it, but anyway, those are some of the. Um, a lot of competition in 98, right? Yeah. So you're talking about, and, and when you look through that list, what I love about that list of movies is, you know, there's some sequels, like *Lethal Weapon 4 obviously was one, mm-hmm. but most of those movies were all original movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the time we were living in. Like, if you looked at movies from 2022, for example. Yeah, last few years, there's so many sequels <laughs> yeah, and franchises. Yeah. yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, so that's where that goes. So uh, overall, Rotten Tomatoes, this had a 64% score. Eighty-seven with the audience though, there which we is go. awesome. So that's that,
1: that's what you look for. That's it? a fan movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So any
0: fanboys uh, watch that movie, they dig that, right? Uh, so let's get into the cast of this movie, right? So you you started mentioning some of the main pieces. You got Matt sure. Damon. You got Edward Norton. My favorite character in this movie is, uh, and I'm gonna, I always pronounce his name wrong, but John Turturro. Tur- Turturro, Turturro. Yeah. Turturro, yeah. <laughs> He's my favorite too. He's Joey Kanish, Yeah. Joey Kanish. Um, so fun fact, he's actually based off a real person. Mm-hmm. You probably looked at heard but, this. So, uh, yeah, Joey, Joey Bagels. Bagels right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Matt Damon at the time, I mean, I mentioned Goodwill Hunting came out. <clears throat> so he was in, uh, he was in Saving Private Ryan also came out that year. I mean, that's a, not a bad year for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think prior to that, maybe school ties. Yeah. You know, I think, I think Talented
1: was, Mr. Ripley was either just was before or after somewhere. that. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yep. You're right. When I think of his career, like. I'm with you. This is still one of my favorite performances by him. You know oh, I mean? yeah. Like, even if you take into account Jason Bourne. I mean, that's an awesome movies, don't get me wrong, Like, but it's a different genre. Like, that's your action movie for him. Mm-hmm. This was something where, I don't know, I think as a as an actor, I thought he just delivered. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Like, oh, just everything. between His facial expressions in this movie, like, when he, like, loses that hand to KGB in the first match they have where he loses all money, rough. like... Just the – he's just so gutted. Like, he. everything he does in this movie, the the dialogue, the interplay with him and Worm, him and Kanish, him and KGB, like, it's all perfect. He's – I mean, he's one of the best actors we've had in modern times. But this was, like, right in his
0: prime. Yeah, I agree. But then, you know, speaking of best actors, I mean, you take Edward Norton. What an awesome scumbag. Yes. (laughs) You know? So he just came off of American History X. Yeah. I believe that like, I think
1: Primal Fear was a little bit before oh, that. That's where he burst
0: on the scene. Primal Fear is so good. Yeah. That's so good. But I think I thought I read something where at the beginning of this movie he still had his goatee from American History X. So you oh, see him okay, I didn't know like that. He does that prison scene where he's getting out of jail. Yeah, and then he shaves it. I think that was left over from that movie. Okay, so I think they incorporated that, which was pretty cool. Anything Edward Norton is pretty much awesome. Like he plays a good bad guy. Like he's he's been a bad guy in other movies too.
1: That's the thing about this movie. It's like there's like five, six, seven amazing actors that like mm. everything they're in they make better. Totoro is amazing. Damon's amazing. Norton's amazing. Even other, Malkovich, we haven't talked about him yet. Famke, Jans, everybody that's in it is so
0: good. And they, they really add to it. Get into Malkovich right now. Like, you think he plays a good Russian? Like, how do you, you like know his what? accent?
1: I, a lot of people don't... I, I think this is just, like, people nitpicking after the fact because, like, mostly people love this movie now. Yeah. And they, like, try to find, like, any movie, they'll try to find flaws eventually. And it's so over the top, his accent. He's like a cartoon villain. But I love it. It's <laughs> yeah. like the movie is so like grounded and gritty like they're like walking through smoke-filled alleys and yep. smoke-filled card rooms and everything is just kind of like kind of dirty and seedy i don't know everybody plays it like absolutely real like it it's almost like a like one of those old detective noir movies like it's got the narration over the top of it just yeah. the darkness the setting of everything but malkovich is just like going for it completely i, I love you, i i don't think you want more than one character doing that right. in the movie but and he, he honestly like He's so memorable, but he doesn't have a ton of screen time. He's basically in, like, two scenes. Right, right. But he stands out because he just decided, you know what, I'm I'm just he, he went for swinging it. for the fences yeah. here. Uh, no, and he, yeah, he,
0: he, I love it. And he hammered it home, too. Like, I agree. I think I like Malkovich in other movies because he's in this movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I see him in other performances. This is my touchstone for him, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But, yeah, we talked about John to t- Taturo, Taturo. <laughs> yeah, I always get his name. <laughs> and wrong. you
1: said Big Lebowski came out this year, so he was Jesus. He, in the, that's he right. was in like, like one scene, but he was incredible in that. Oh man, he's so right. good in everything. I love him.
0: I'm just gonna call him the Kanish because that's, there you go. That's really how I refer to him at this point. But you're know, going down the list, right? You got femke Fam, I might be not Jansen. I think is
1: how you say yeah, it. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. You could take her, leave her in this movie. I mean, you could. There's a lot of actors that could come in. Like she didn't bring anything to the role or take anything away? I don't know. I think she was pretty perfect for it. Well, I mean,
1: obviously you want like a beautiful girl to play the Yeah, she's easy the part. on the eyes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, but
1: I mean, just to be believable in that, okay, she's not just a typical eye candy role or whatever. Like she works at that Chesterfield club that they play at. She yep. plays herself. She's there at Atlantic City with them playing at the table. She's obviously got like some kind of, Past romantic history with Mike that yep. you see when she comes over, yep. like, and they never really go into that, but there's just a couple lines. But like, she she's really good. She's another one. She's only in a few scenes, but she's yeah.
0: She's well, really I had great. no problem with her in this movie. I'm just as far as like, I don't know how big of a star she was at that point. Like, I don't I don't know if she's a huge star well, now. Think she, like, she's yeah. in a lot of movies. She but. was in uh,
1: GoldenEye. She was in a James Bond movie. Okay, that was. I think that that must have been before ninety eight, right? Because we were playing Goldeneye and sixty yeah, four. Yeah, before sure. then. So she was that was probably her one big
0: role before then. And this came, I think it was I this was what, before the X Men movies. Yeah, that was she I two thousand was, was X Men. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's that what was, I love. She's, she's had some big roles. Yeah. Okay, but good. I mean, but that's what I'm saying. Like you go back now, I guess, and you you know she's in you know hundred movies or whatever it is, and it's like oh this was one of the first ones and like.
1: I think I think that's the key to having these movies that, like, you keep coming back to and you want to watch 20-plus times. Like, especially a movie like this, it wasn't a huge budget. If you made a movie now with all those guys in it, you probably couldn't do it. You'd you have to yeah. have a $400 million budget because that's what they're asking price is. Yep. But back then, you catch them, like, when they're on the way up. Damon was, like, just hitting it big. Edward Norton was just hitting it big. Yep. All these people were, like, not, like—it wasn't Harrison Ford yet. It was, like, they <laughs> no. were going to become that, but, like, they caught him
0: before— they really got huge. Well, like you said, you bring Malkovich in there. He's probably got three days of shooting. You know what I mean? Hey, let's yeah. film these scenes. So you're only paying him so much to come in for a couple probably, days. Probably yeah. Not, you know, you're not keeping his trailer warm for the for a month. You know what I mean? So you got Martin Landau in there as yep, the judge. He's another one. We didn't right? mention him yet. He's another he's a you know, such a big name. Again, he's probably got a few days of shooting. He's got a couple of scenes. I'll get into some of his scenes in just a little bit, but I thought okay, that good. you could probably even take away from some of his things, but it is what it is. So then we'll get into who I think everybody's hated character is Gretchen Maul. Joe. (laughs) Yeah. Mike's girlfriend. As an actress, she's fine. She's, you know, she's easy on the eyes, right? She's, she's got a successful acting career. If you look at her stats, like she's, she's on a lot of TV. She's in some series. Right. But like, this was the movie where like, you hate having girlfriends when they act like this. It's just the, the wet blanket role. It's like, it never, it never
1: works. It's not likable. It's like, like Adrian and Rocky through a lot of the series, like, Mm. like, Mike McDermott is the hero of the movie. You don't want someone telling him you can't do this thing that makes you the hero. Like right. stop being who you are. Like that's just whether it's a girlfriend, a wife, a best friend, a father, son, whatever. Like it's just that role never works in that person's favor. So yeah, I, I I knew you were gonna ask about her and I know people love to hate her character. And yeah, yet, her character is pretty horrible. I, I think she's fine in the movie. I think she does a good job. I don't I don't think she did a bad job, which I think a lot of people kinda dump on her a little bit, but I thought she was good, but the part is just so thankless and oh yeah, there you she's go. just bound to be like the most hated character. Yeah, absolutely. Hundred percent. There's Russian mobsters. There's grandma is a is dog abuser, <laughs> pimp. <laughs> what does he do? Yeah, yeah.
0: but yet yeah, uh, Joe is like the most hated character. Well, that's I was going to say. So says so a, a lot. As an actress, she's fine, right? But as her, you know, you're you're watching this movie and you're thinking, okay, I could be Mike McDee. You know, I could be playing these tournaments and if my girlfriend's talking to me like that, you're like, Oh, I, I hate this girl. Like, what, what are yeah, you doing? She's just holding play. him back. Yeah, totally holding him back. That's her role. She was she wasn't really the villain, but you're right. I think that she was gonna be pegged as the villain regardless. Because I, I'm I'm one of those people. I hated her more than KGB, more than grandma, you know what I mean? More than Worm, you know what I mean? Like that yeah. Like, yeah, those guys were entertaining for me. So she um yeah, she she went on, she she's been in a lot of movies, a lot of T V shows or whatever. Like she's been around, so good for her.
1: Job, Honestly, Richie. she she is an important part, even though she's, like, so easy to hate in the movie because, like, so Worm gets out of prison. He's just sort of a dirtbag and always has been. Mm-hmm. But, like, they talk about back when they were in high school, they used to fix high school basketball games yeah. together. So, like, you kind of get the sense Mike was kind of a dirtbag, too. And <laughs> he just got away with it. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Worm took the fall for him, he says, yeah. and it, which, like, okay, good friend, but didn't turn out that way in the end. But But Joe, in the movie, like, Yeah, she's bringing Mike down, but also she's kind of grounding him a little bit. And even if, like, in the end, yeah, she left him and he ended up going to this poker underground thing and that whole thing. Like, it maybe helped set him on the path a little bit. Like, he was trying to go to law school. He was trying to do the quote-unquote right right thing, thing, respectable thing. But, like, I don't know what effect it had, but maybe it kept him from turning, like, full dirtbag like worm. Because Mike obviously has—he's got morals. He's got ethics. He's not willing to cheat to win— there's a lot of things he's not going to do that Worm has no problem at all doing. Right. So yeah, I, I, I think she was important, even even if it's not the uh, most robust character. Well, from,
0: from a <laughs> movie standpoint, like she she helps his character. Like when she when she moves out, you know what I mean. Like that's the switch that flips. For yeah. Him, like gets him back, you know, rounding again. Yeah. You know it's like I mean? that's so, it. Let's go. So yeah, she's she's a super super important piece to the movie itself. But like I said, from a fan perspective. Like oh, I want to just yeah toss her out. <laughs> Nobody's me, rooting you know? for her. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And I was looking up. The, so it was directed by uh, John Dahl. Yep. And like he he hasn't done any other big name Nothing movies big, and shows. Yeah. Like he's he's directed a few episodes of a lot of TV shows. If you've mm-hmm. gone through and look at that, but but he didn't go on and suddenly become like a blockbuster movie. No, this creator, was I think this know? is
1: the only movie of his that's really well thought of. Like after the fact. Okay. He he did uh joyride i think it was with paul walker
0: oh it's a good movie yeah. which is
1: yeah a good little popcorn movie but like not, yeah uh not winning any oscars not that this one did but right um <laughs> yeah no, i don't think anything else that's really held in super high esteem like rounders
0: is now interesting yeah so yeah i didn't see much on him from that but all right so then you got the you got the main cast that's in there so let's just break this movie down into a couple parts here right we talked about the beginning he's he's in law school you know he's trying to he's trying to get on the right path he's trying to do the right thing his buddy gets out of prison, um, and now it's like now he's conflicted. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's when you get a taste of like what they can do when he first goes to the uh, the berry patch, if you will. Yeah, and uh, you know they start playing the games. And I forget that actress's name. She was in TV shows. The the girl that was there when like the frat game where Mike yeah. pretends to be. Her I should looked up her name. Yeah, she she was in. She want, did look familiar, like yeah. CSI or something. Like she's in some okay. New York cop show. You know what I mean? So another one who you like? It's like oh, it's that girl. You know, I've seen yeah. her before. Like, That's
1: the the thing with this movie, though. She's in one scene for, like, 30 seconds, and, like, she's believable. She's really good. Like, yeah. you, you can believe that, okay, she's going to get these guys into the game. She's taking her cut. She gives him a kiss. See your boyfriend. Have fun. Don't lose yep. all your money. And, like, just all the little details. All the they, they probably play poker in, like, a dozen or more different places here, and they all feel, like, so real and lived in. They're on, like, yeah. a deli counter. They're in a a golf clubhouse <laughs> they're in this underground poker club they're in Atlantic City it's like no matter where they go it feels like totally real and believable it was well done
0: yeah it was well done for sure so the first half of this is like you know you're you're getting to know the character you're you're building up to you know you got to like your main characters you got to like all your characters right but your main character you got to feel for him you got to see what he's got going on and then now he's conflicted and then that's when the you know that's when the kind of the action happens you know what i mean when he dumps uh dumps worm in the Chesterfield gets him set up with money and now Kanish is like, hey, you know, he's the, cheating. He's cheating. He like, can get see in him. there and it's like, shit. Like, he he's can't been help there himself. An hour, you know what I mean? Like, you just can't get away from it. It just starts taking off from there, you know? And it just, that's one of those cases where, like you said, the real feel of the cards. Like, if you play poker, you know, you're in there and you're like, like, I watched this movie. I watched it again the other day. I'm like, I want to play poker now. Yeah. You know, oh, like, God. I'm ready. It's an inspiring movie if you're yeah. a poker <laughs> Who would you relate to most, I guess, in this movie? Like, would you be more like Mike? Would you be like, you're not, I mean, I know you play cards, I know you're not a cheat, but can you understand worms out of things? <laughs> like nah, I'm,
1: I mean, it's an amazing performance. It's my favorite Edward Norton, and he's got a lot of great performances. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely more in the Mike McDee and even Kanish camp. Like, I I tend not to, and uh, I mean, it, it's usually not the smartest move to like risk your whole bankroll on one, one cash game or one tournament like Mike does. Yeah. So, like, uh, Kanish is kind of the uh, the wise figure in this movie. That's like trying to show him the path to success. Like he he's got a family to feed, and he does it. He just plays poker. He doesn't do anything else. But like Mike is still kind of young and hotshot, impetuous. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of vacillate between the two of them. But yeah, Worm is. <laughs> if you identify a Worm, you probably got some issues. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I like I like the Kanish character. If you go back through and you look up, it's based off of uh, you know Joey Bagels rosenberg right so if you look at that article i don't know you probably read it too but I a went, while back yeah but yeah i remember the name i went through and i looked through it i thought that was amazing like he was a real person that was was the Kanish. you know like he played poker for a living and just he's paying rent he's paying alimony yeah he's grinding it out he's it's grinding. a job yeah. it's not
1: something that you have these flights of fancy with it's like you show up like you clock in
0: you do your work and at the end of the day you get paid like that's how he treats it. it yeah and yeah, I just, I thought that was, it was an amazing story because again, you, you sit here and you got these dreams of like, I could play poker full time. I could be that guy, <laughs> but like, I could not be that guy. I couldn't be any <laughs> of those guys. Like, I couldn't do it. You know, I don't sit at a table with you and Pete and tree and you know, you got, you, you got to one of these days. I, I will come on but, out on Friday. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the stakes are. I'm not, I'm not willing to, I'll just give you my money now. And like, I'd rather give you a hundred bucks and say, Hey, you know what? you know let's you can come watch come come watch and then podcast about it could be pretty good (laughs) there you go also i'd rather stake you and then i'll take some of the winnings there we go you know (laughs) what i mean then i'll I'll feel like i'm playing you know i don't know if it's a real bar i don't know if chesterfield's a real place i I, it's based i remember
1: reading it's based on the the mayfair club i think it was called so it's it's basically based off of something it's not exactly that but yeah just like a underground new york poker room that's like Pretty nice inside, but okay. It's got these pros there and these high
0: rollers sometimes. So I yeah, feel it's... like um, I feel like that, I'm going to use that as a code word going <laughs> yeah. forward. I think everyone should have like a, our own clubhouse called the Chesterfield. There we go. You know yeah. what I mean. So I'm going to incorporate that into my world at some point.
1: I like it. And I know I read um, Koppelman and Levine. They're the writers of the movie. They, they've done Billions. Also, they've done a bunch of different things. Oh, movies, nice. You know? That's a good show. Um, but but one of them, I forget which one. But one of them based the movie on like they they played in one of these underground clubs and they lost like almost a thousand bucks and like wrote the movie shortly thereafter. It kind of inspired them like the feeling of losing a bunch of money that they didn't necessarily weren't able to afford to lose. And that's kind of where the movie came from. So maybe that's why it feels so. So realistic, personal for them. At yeah, this point, you know what I
0: mean. That's really cool. What's your favorite part of this movie? When you, when you, when you watch this, you rewatched it again. If you had, a, I mean, you don't have to pitch just one scene, but let's just say you had to.
1: Jeez, this is like which one of my kids is my favorite. I, I feel like Chris <laughs> Farley on the Chris Farley show, where he's just like, "That was awesome. Remember this? That was awesome." Yeah. Jeez, um, I don't know. I like the scene uh, where Mike goes to the judges' game. Uh, with Martin Landau and all the yeah. other judges, he calls out everybody's hand. Yep. And is it the most realistic thing? Probably not necessarily, but like it just shows you like what a prodigy is. He's so good at poker, he can read these guys. Also, th- there's multiple times throughout the movie they show you like the real difference between a real poker pro and like just a casual player that's like a fish. Okay. You would call him. Um So these guys, like he says, like they wear their hearts on their sleeves. Like it's so obvious to tell by their facial expressions or their little when they're mannerisms. In like a city, right? Well, that also—that's another scene. Yeah, like all these people, like they rub their face or they shake their head or if they are strong they act weak. If they're weak they act strong. Like this is something that like casual players just—it it still holds true. That like people still
0: do this. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So just to be able to see that scene and like see how good he is. And he's got this ability. It's not just, like like Kanish says later, like a pipe dream. It's not just a pipe dream. He is good. He's good enough to do it. He just needs, like, the discipline and everything. But uh, I think that might be my favorite scene. But, I mean, I love this whole movie. The scene uh, at the bar with Martin Landau when... Martin Landau tells a story about uh leaving the Yeshiva. The Yeshiva, yeah. He was a prodigy in his own right like with the with uh the Torah and the Talmud he said and his parents wanted him more than anything to be a rabbi, but that wasn't who he was. He said like when when he read the the Torah he didn't see God there. So like he couldn't do it even though he was really good at it. Like it yeah. didn't light the fire in him. So that's why he he left that even though it kind of destroyed his relationship with his parents. To, uh to go into law and become a
0: judge so are you Jewish I'm not no okay. well because and I asked this because like <laughs> because I as he's telling that story like I had no idea what he was talking about because I'm not Jewish I don't know like it took me a while to try to catch up I went to
1: Catholic school in high school so I'm yeah <laughs> we're, we're next door to Jewish as far as like we've got some knowledge of the Bible and all that kind of stuff so so I yeah. knew what he was talking about but yeah it just I mean it could have been anything it just happened to be uh, like to be a rabbi and then to be a, a lawyer or a judge. But but just the way he understood Mike, like if you look at Mike, most teachers, professors would probably look at Mike and be like, this guy's such a screw-up. He shows up late to meetings. Right. He's unprepared. He's talking about the wrong case. Like his head is in the clouds. But Martin Landau sees him and is like, I see myself in this guy. And, and I'm am a I'm a super respected, like he's probably – over 60 years old. So he's had a full long career yep. in this profession that he loves. And But he sees himself in this young kind of hotshot, sort of not really got his head on straight kind of kid. Because yep. even though it's, in Mike's case, it's law school and poker, instead of rabbi school, the yeshiva, and uh, being in the legal profession, like, it's still kind of the same thing to him. He
0: recognizes those same traits in him. So I, I really do like that scene. I'm going to go the opposite on that because... Well, I believe that scene is important to the movie for all the reasons you said. It it lets him relate to what Mike is. As I'm watching this and the movies, what's the running time? It's like, it's over two hours. It's like two hours and 20 minutes or something like that. A little over two, I think. Which is, again, ahead of its time for that time era. You didn't see a lot of super long movies unless Kevin Costner was in it (laughs) (laughs) at that point, right? I'm watching this and I'm like, I feel like this is a scene that could cut down. But then as you listen to it and everything you just said, like all the stuff's important to the character building, which is what you want. Right. That, that's so it's important to have it in there. But I was like, you know, I don't know, like you're a prodigy playing poker because you can read people and do things. Is that the same thing as like I'm going to be the best priest out there or the best rabbi possible? Like not exactly. I but- feel like, uh, you know, and again, I know nothing about either of those subjects. Right. But if I'm studying to be like a rabbi or a priest, like, well, it's just a matter of you just got to study the Bible and know it. So anyone off the street could pick it up, read it a 100 times. And now you're an expert in the Bible. Like maybe you're not an expert speaker, like you know, giving sermons. But yeah, are you actually you know?
1: gonna be effective? Are you gonna be good if you don't have that love for it? Like, sure, you could you could just have somebody that's just very smart or academically inclined could learn about anything, but yeah. that doesn't mean their heart's in it. Like and I mean, whatever. Go to uh, go to like a, a nice restaurant. They say like you cook with love or whatever. Like if somebody just has the technique Okay, mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll be pretty good, but if like someone feels deeply about what they're making and cares about what they're giving to you, like it's going to put it over the top. So I think it's okay. more like that.
0: All right. All right. But I I respect that opinion. No, but... I I I like your I like your thoughts on that too. So I was just trying to think of ways to like how would you trim this movie down so it's not as long? And I'm I'm okay with long movies like.
1: I man. was going to say cuz see i that's kind of become a hot button topic in the last year or two. I feel like I remember the Irishman came out, Martin Scorsese's movie. That was like three and a half hours, oh, and crazy. people were like, "Oh, this is crazy to have a movie this long. Like, they should break up into two. My feeling is like, if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But like, <laughs> yeah. if I'm sitting down to watch a movie, I'm in. Like, if, if it's long, I, you know what you're getting into before. And nobody goes into movies and is halfway through like, "Oh God, there's another hour and a half to this thing." Right. Like, I kind of laugh a lot because me and my wife will watch movies at home a lot. And it'll be, like, after the kids go to bed and we're not looking to stay up super late watching a movie. So she always gravitates towards movies that are, like, an hour and a half. If something's over two hours, she's like, no, we're not doing this. So, like, it. there's a lot of great movies that we don't watch together because she's like, no, nah, I'm not looking to watch anything that long. Yeah. But me, I've always been, like, however long it is, it is. It's okay. Like, And especially a movie like this. Like, I know I'm I'm just, like, sounding like a homer, but, like, I love everything about this movie. Like, they could make it as well, long it, as they want. It doesn't feel and two I'm hours. In. Like, it. I yeah, no,
0: it moves. With the exception to the scene I was just talking about, and that upon the rewatch, that was my thoughts. But there wasn't really a point in the movie where I'm like, "Come on, like, get on with the scene." Like, like, there's no uh, bathroom moments, if you will, to be like, "Oh, I'm gonna yeah. run to the bathroom real quick," you know? What I mean, because you don't want to miss anything. You don't know what's gonna happen. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. So yeah, every scene's got a purpose. Like, and you can people can quibble on whether they like a scene or not, but like, yeah, it all drives it forward. Like that explains a lot about. Martin Landau's character and and what he sees in Mike and like it also like kind of makes Mike realize. I think it's at that moment he realizes, okay, law school's not for me. I'm going to pursue this. Like, if not for that talk, would he have done it? Maybe, maybe it would have taken him more time, but like that's what really made it dawn on him. Like, hey, I gotta, I gotta be true to myself. And
0: it sets the stage too for later when when he gets money from him. You yeah, I mean, like because they had that kind of that connection, that definitely that, that yeah. relatable connection. So. I mean that's a lot. I don't know if you have ever asked anyone for money before. I, I have not asked anyone for. $10, not a small money. amount of money either. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, but so it all ties together. Like you said, I think I think you said it best. You're like every every scene kind of had a purpose. If anything, like you know, as a poker fan, you want to see almost more poker scenes and more hands. Yeah, they cram in so much. Like they do such a good job because a movie like this, they could easily just have like
1: he plays a big game at KGBs at the beginning. He plays a big game there at the end. Maybe he's got a big game with Worm in the middle, mm-hmm. and that's about it. But, like, they just flash to so many different spots. Like, that one, I don't know if you can call it a montage, but they skip around from where they're trying to gain all that mm-hmm. money yeah. in a short period of time. Like, he's at, like, six different games all in the span of a few minutes. And, like, you get a feel for all of them in that time where he's playing with the golf pros and he's playing in the VFW hall and at the, the yeah. like, Greek lunch counter or whatever that is. Like, they they're all, like... It's, I like that they put in so much, and they all feel so different, but so real.
0: Well, my, I'll tell you, my, open, my favorite scene was the opening scene. Oh, yeah, it's great. I, and I, what I loved about this was, like, you mentioned a little bit earlier about how he's got, like, that narration going over it. And I actually love that about this movie. because Yeah, oh, it serves know, it so well. He's explaining what's going on. He's like... You know, this is the hand, and he's like, talk about like he's explaining how to play the game.
1: He's well, like, he starts it off. He's like, if you here's the thing, if you can't spot the sucker in the first half hour at the table, you are the sucker. It's like it's like, all right, let's go. I'm in. This is this yeah. sets the
0: table for everything. And honestly, that that quote goes with a lot of things. Like yeah, uh, that oh, goes absolutely. beyond poker, right? But yeah, but he talks about that, explains the rules of the game for the most part, right? You know, and if you ever watch. You know Poker on TV, like we're saying, was it, uh, I forget the guy that used to host it, Mike something, but he's like, you just need a chip and a chair and mm-hmm. in the game. And that's essentially the feel you get when you're going through this is you're just like, wow, this like you feel the bad beat you're going through and like the, the shit talking that they do to each other kind yeah. of at the table a little bit. I mean, like I said, if you've played poker before, and you you've probably taken a bad beat like that once or twice, you know what I mean? And that's tough. You know, would you have a pair of nines? Is that what you lost to? Is that
1: Uh, my World Series hand? Yeah, I I, I pocket nines against pocket (laughs) nines. Thanks for bringing that up, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) remembered. I remembered. That that was my hand. So, yeah. But yeah, I I like how that he explains the rules of Hold'em at the beginning. But then after that, it's pretty much like it's just a lot of lingo and jargon and they don't really explain it. But it kind of makes you want to learn about it. So, like, getting into poker around the same time, like he's talking about you flop the nut straight and you got the double gut shot and all these different things. When you're first watching it, if you're not already big into poker, you're probably like, what the hell is he talking about? But they're cool terms. Yeah, like, it sounds cool. (laughs) It looks cool. It's like, I want to know more about this. So, like, they use so much, so many different terms that would sound like alien speak to a layperson. But, like, the more you watch it, the more you pick up on So that's another good thing about it.
0: Any other scenes that you want to point out that you that you love more than any others?
1: I mean, the final scene with KGB is great. Like, it's all or nothing. It's like the final boss showdown. Yeah. The way he, like, picks up on his tell with the Oreos. He takes his stack once, and then he's ready to go. Like, he got out. He's paid back Worm's debt. He's going to be able to pay the judge back, and KGB kind of goads him back into playing again. Like, because he's like, I'm paying you with your money, like, from the last time. So. Ugh. He, to this, he starts walking away, he hears him say that, and you just see him tense up and stop, and he's like, what'd you say? And it's like, all right, it's not over yet. <laughs> like, we're, we're, It's like one man's leaving here with everything. So I, that scene's just amazing to me. Yeah. I love it. And one of the things I love about this movie is there's been a bunch of poker movies or movies that feature poker in them. And every time there's a poker scene, it's like, I've got a royal flush, you've got a straight flush. This guy's got four aces. He's got four kings. It's like the most unrealistic Like Maverick with uh Ma- Maverick yeah. is crazy. I love that movie, but like it's so over the top. The Cincinnati Kid, the old one with Paul Newman, if you've seen yeah. that. Yep. Oh, uh, not Paul Newman. Uh Steve McQueen. Steve what am I Queen. saying? Yeah, yeah. God, cut that. Cut that. Um, but yeah, any Casino Royale, uh the first one with Daniel Craig, the James Bond movie. It's so ridiculous. The poker hands like I I love all those movies. But when those hands come up, Casino Royale especially, it gets me so annoyed. I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> like, right. Why can't
0: they just have a realistic... How rare those hands actually yeah. are. Yeah.
1: yeah, one of these days I'm going to write a poker movie and like the final hand, it's going to be like the guy's got like a pair of deuces and he just makes this sick read on a guy and makes the call for <laughs> all his chips. Gets I've never seen that. that done before, but that, that I would love to see that. But here it's like, okay, there's some big hands. Mike flops the straight on one. The first hand when he loses to KGB, they both have a full house. But it's not like... Over the top, like impossible kind of hands. Like right. they feel real. So I, I thought they did a really good job with that.
0: But you're right. When you go back and watch those other ones, like oh, you got you got a full house, you got four of a kind, like oh, I got the straight flush. Like, yeah,
1: I get yeah, why they do, do it. I'm sure it's entertaining. But like me, because I'm kind of big into poker, like it just rubs me the wrong way. It's Like, like come you've on, never been
0: in a game. Like it's rare that one of those hands come up. Let yeah. alone three people in the same. Yeah, hand. you
1: could play for a year. You're not going to see a royal flush. But let alone. When you've got a royal flush, two other guys got four of a kind, and it's like, I don't know. That just bugs me, but that's probably just me. i so kinda, convenient, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: that's awesome.
1: But yeah, that that uh that final scene with K both scenes with KGB are just so good. The the dialogue between him and Mike, the way they're kind of staring each other down, and like like you can see that KGB's kind of he you can tell right away, he's not only like sort of the boss of this Russian mob outfit. But, like, he's also, like, the best poker player. He's cleaning people out. Yeah. He cleans Mike out. And it's like, all right, Mike is building back to that the whole time. And, like, you see how far he's come in the end that he's able to overcome him. He 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 reads the tell. He plays him. One thing I really, like, I was going to bring up, I guess now is as good a time as any because we're talking about both those scenes. Um, Mike says in that first hand, the, the first matchup with KGB— where he's got ace nine, KGB you later see has pocket aces, yep. and it's ace nine nine out there, and KGB takes all his money, and Mike's got the narration going, and he says like normally with like a regular player, I would like play it cool, I would check, but KGB's too smart for that, so I'm gonna make a big bet and see if I can hook him, and that's what he does, and Mike's the one that ends up getting hooked, but I I really like it, I've never heard anybody talk about this before when talking about this movie, like at the end when he gets KGB. He just checks it. He he does trap him because like KGB is the weaker player now at this point. Right. And he's weaker than Mike, but he's also like weaker than how good he normally is because Mike's put him on tilt by calling out his uh his tell with the Oreos. Yeah. And laying down a big hand and like KGB should have been able to win a big pot, but he didn't. So he's just he's raging now. He's not playing optimally. So in that moment at the end, Mike ends up playing KGB like he's just a regular old fish basically he's playing a sucker at that point yeah he is KGB's the sucker at the table at that point so I love the way the roles switched there yeah, from the first scene to the
0: last and he's like I'm gonna check it uh, don't splash the pot yeah you know what I mean at that <laughs> point like you're getting KGB on like a I don't not a tilt but like kind of like an aggressive tilt you yeah know what I mean? and, like, and he's so confident cocky. like he, he he's yeah confidence doesn't even explain it
1: cocky is absolutely the word he's splashing the pot he's like just one at a time, bet it all, all that. He, what would he say? Um, he's like, this one's no good for you, Mike. Stay away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like he doesn't even contemplate, oh, Mike could have me beat right now.
0: He, he's not even thinking of it because he's blinded. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, but that's the, you know, that's the Malcolm Malkovich factor in those scenes. Like you said it earlier, like he's he's incredible in any of those scenes. Yeah. Right? So I used to, uh, when I was doing home games of poker, I would time it. I would say, okay, we're playing poker at, say, 2 o'clock. So by 12, 12.30 – I'm putting rounders on in the background. Nice. So by the time everyone kind of showed up, it was getting into that end scene, right? So as everyone's sitting around the table and we're just, you know, getting chips. Perfect way to start it. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then you got that scene and everyone's like, oh, this is great. Immediately, the next half hour of playing cards, everybody's quoting KGB at that point, you know? Like, that's when I stick it in you, you know? Like, he's doing his thing, right? So awesome. It's just awesome. You know what I noticed in this movie too? Like, as I'm looking at those scenes, like, what a shithole that... Place oh God! Was where KGB was like. Did you notice like the some of the walls have holes in them? Yeah, and, like, it's the, horrible. The brick showing through. Like it's great scenery for the movie, but like, what a dirty place!
1: Yeah, there's all like <laughs> right? these like low life deadbeat guys all around. He's right. got like his bodyguards. There's like these like like you need a tennis shot just coming around. out of there. You know what I mean? Like yeah,
0: it's crazy. But he but he's got the the steel door, with the camera, and the steel cage for the money. Everything else is
1: is, yep. is a shit show in there. But like that's that's the game. That's the place if you want to play like high stakes. Yep. That's where you got to go. Yeah, so. they, he doesn't
0: care about fancy tables. No. That's not that's not it. he can afford them. He's just not. Yeah. You know, that's it. Um so yeah, I would say that anything KGB is probably the most quotable with the exception to the the opening, you know, if you're not if you can't spot the sucker line, you know, I think anything KGB is pretty much awesome as far as like quoting this movie goes. I don't know how how much you paid attention to some of those lines, but, Oh, there's
1: so many, there's a hundred quotable lines. I, I love most of them in there. (laughs) We've said a lot of them. I like, uh, when Mike and Worm get back to his apartment and, uh, he finds out that his girlfriend left him and like, he's, he's feeling bad even like he's he's like oh i always said she'd be a good poker player she knows when to fold a shitty hand yeah yeah and worm's like no come on like he's what is say? women is women are the rake rake, but that whole scene like he's like when uh when worm kind of gets him pumped up to go to atlantic city yeah I, i wrote it down if you want me to to do it hold on he goes you know what cheers me up when i'm feeling shitty rolled up aces over kings check raising stupid tourists and taking huge pots off of them Stacks and towers of checks I can't even see over. Playing all night, high limit, hold'em at the Taj, where the sand turns to gold. And then Mike <laughs> is like, he's like, he's like, all right, let's do it. He's like, don't fool me. He's like, let's play some fucking cards. And then it's yeah. like, let's go. And that's that's when it
0: really kicks into high gear. Yeah, that's when the that's when the, the movie takes its turn. Like that's what you signed up for at that point. Yeah, because now you're like, let's let's go. Let's no get more
1: preamble. We're, we're not doing law school anymore. Yep.
0: we're not doing the girlfriend anymore. It's like it's poker time. Let's go. Well that's that's probably when like say the second act of this movie takes place, yeah. right? Because now she leaves, totally character building on him and it flipped is flipped the script on him. That's actually a real line by the way, that woman is the rake. That's something that the initial Joey Bagel said. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because yeah.
1: because he he's like, What line? Who said that line? He's like, Well, I don't know, like, it ought to be one. <laughs> it yeah. But be one, yeah, yeah. yeah there really and, is one,
0: though? If you go back and read that article, they, they said, like, that's actual Oh, man, I didn't remember said. that. And great. no one knows what it means. Like, I still couldn't explain it to you, but it's like, hey, you know what? It works. Well, well you know what the rake is, right? Yeah. So, like,
1: in a poker game, like, the casino or the house, like, takes a little it bit did. out of each pot. So, yep. I get it. It's like, okay, he's saying, like, Women take a little bit out of you. You're not as good as you could be if you got a girlfriend or a wife or whatever. So <laughs> that's why Mike is like, "You're you're a moron." <laughs> he's but like,
0: "Who said that?" Well, someone ought to say it. Yeah, that's just Worm's <laughs> way. He'll
1: say anything just to to get what he wants.
0: The end of Act Two, we'll say, is when they go and they get beat up by the cops. Oh man, you know? yeah, we
1: haven't even touched on that yet. Like, that scene's
0: incredible. That's um, I don't want to say it was heartbreaking because it wasn't heartbreaking. But and you're like, he's winning, he's doing his thing. You get like you get that scene, kind of gets me mad. Oh, you know? yeah, because
1: you could see it coming. Like, But Mike is doing so well. He's winning at all these games. He went up to this one. If He's he's well on his way to winning enough money to get Worm out of his debt, and they can mm-hmm. live happily ever after from there. And, like, Worm just can't not help himself. He just can't help himself. has to get back in it. Has, not only has to get—he could have played, and they just pretend they don't know each other, and it would have been fine. I'm sure they would have won enough money. But he just can't help himself firsthand. He deals them—
0: yeah, the three the, kings, the kings, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he and he ends up getting caught, like he just. <laughs> you know what's weird though, right? Like so, in that they're in the VFW hall or whatever they were, right? There's like five tables going on. Yeah. Like how convenient that there was an open seat at this. True, line, I never thought about I mean? that, but yeah, he happens to
1: get paired at the table with Mike. Yeah. And starts his his old act again.
0: Good scene. They take their beating. They do what they got to do. Um And again, end of that's the end of Act Two, if you will, if we're breaking into three acts, whatever. So, you know, you're just like, all right. Now he's gotta get his shit together and that's when it that's when it kicks up with the you know, gets into the KGB scene, you know? And then you got the uh he goes into the Turkish bathhouse with Yeah him, with where he's Kinish asking you know? him for money, yeah. Again, this is one of those scenes where um like I get it, but this is one of those like, Hey, maybe we trim this down a little oh, bit. Oh man, we, no, you're you know killing I mean? me. Well, <laughs> <Why>? well, this, <laughs> Let me hear not necessarily the story. The story itself is good because you gotta you've gotta know why he took that that risk. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's when he um, tells about playing against Johnny T. Well, why does it and... have to be in a Turkish bath? Like why couldn't Kanish be like, you know, at a coffee shop or something? And he, like, it could have, you know what I mean. That's like, just what Kanish,
1: like- <laughs> Kanish is such a particular character. Like he's so like, like just like gravelly and like when he talks, like he almost just mumbles. Just like like what when he shows up to uh, to tell Mike about Worm cheating at the Chesterfield. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, uh, Joe says, Kanish, how you doing? He's like the same. Like, like, <laughs> I love it. I love he's it. he's just like Eeyore, but he's a good poker player. Yeah. So, I don't know, I, I, it's a really well-realized character, but yeah, it could have been anywhere. It could have been in a coffee shop or the at part. the hot dog stand, like when they talked that other time out yeah. on the street
0: corner. Yep. So that's the only part that I didn't like about it. Like, I, like the, the dialogue needs to stay in there because that's important.
1: You know what? It's a, it's a grimy movie, though. Like, it's about poker and stuff, but and like, poker can be in a casino and like, kind of glitzy, glamorous, but it can also be real grimy, like when they're in yeah. these underground clothes. But there's multiple scenes where they go to see grandma, and there's like, it's like a crack den basically <laughs> there's all kinds of prostitution and animal abuse going on it's like it's it's a di- dirty nasty movie so i don't know i thought that fit in well enough with it but yeah i, I can see your argument that's you true there's a the strip else.
0: club scene in the bathroom as well yeah thing.
1: grandma beats him up the first time he sees him <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I, that's i don't know if i'd ever heard that so i didn't really get into like like classic rock until like high school and after and i know the song that's playing in the strip club when worm is there is uh, I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'd ever heard that song before, but I cannot hear that song now without thinking of that scene around <laughs> us, which
0: isn't necessarily the best thing. All right, so what do you think about, like, did you, was there anything unanswered for you in this movie? Like, did, I mean, I know how much so we love the movie, but nothing nothing unanswered, right? Nothing. Well, uh, the big
1: one is what did KGB actually have on that final hand? So it's never really... They never show that, that's right. Yeah, he just, Mike has the nuts and... KGB chucks the cards, and that's it. You know he can't beat that. But you, you mm. don't actually know. Is it a bluff? Did he have a huge hand? Like, what did he have? I, I actually watched a video um, Daniel LeGranu did, uh, and like an analysis of it. Okay. That I watched a couple days ago because I knew we'd be talking about it. And he, he came to the conclusion that he had like a set of 10s or a set of 6s. Like, he had a big hand that he thought was good for sure. But he's like, yeah, I don't think it's a bluff. But yeah, it's the debates kind of raged on for years and years. Interesting. Yeah, that that's like the big unanswered question. I never realized that they never
0: show his hand. Yeah, yeah I and I mean it doesn't of-
1: really matter because he there's nothing he could have that could beat Mike. I, I you know what I think Nagrand you said he he thinks he had either pocket tens for top set on the flop or pocket aces which turned top set. But yeah, I, I don't think he was bluffing because Mike is coming along the whole way and I don't know he he's kind of over betting the pot which could be a bluff, but I don't know. I, I think he yeah. did have a real hand, and he expected that, like, he was going to win it right there and take all of Mike's money. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was looking to get Mike to fold, and then the battle would continue after that. I thought he was trying to end him. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. – that. That I mean, the movie is 25 years old now, and nobody's ever been able to put a good answer <laughs> on that.
0: That's a good – if you ever meet John Malkovich, you got to ask him.
1: I don't that'd, know. That would be a question. That's a good question because he, he's got cards. He looks at cards. I wonder if he actually had the hand he was supposed to have or it was just – it's The movie, so like you don't see it, oh, so it yeah, doesn't matter, it could have been anything. Just
0: blank, would, I've it,
1: never yeah. heard anybody ask him that though. That's, I know uh, Koppelman and Levine have like teased it a few times, but they I don't think they've ever actually come out and definitively said what it was, right? That would be good if I got to get a, an interview with John Malkovich. I'm not sure how I'm gonna pull that off.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, we'll recommend we'll get him on the podcast. There we day. go. If I do, we got, you got can an empty seat, sure. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, you talked about the music on this too. Like, I thought that as I was noticing. Basically, the soundtrack for this movie was... It was a lot of of piano, a lot of jazzy blues. It
1: really is like a noir movie. Like, it's like... It's just, like, like, kind of background. It doesn't overpower anything. Right, right. Like, a lot of times it's going... Like, there's the narration and there's the scene, like, in between, transitioning between scenes. But yeah it just kind of gives you that vibe
0: of like okay we're we're in, we're in the dark alleys. we're in New York, we're in the underground yeah. clubs. It wasn't distracting, you know what I mean, like you didn't have like a foo fighter song in the background as yeah. you walking down the street or something, and you're like, oh man, good tune, you know which, yeah. which is a great tune right, but then you're like, well, you just you stay in the moment, you stay yeah in the movie like and I guess that's that.
1: credit to John Dahl. We talked about him, he didn't really have any other huge movies, but like this movie's pretty amazingly directed. Like, he did yeah. a
0: phenomenal job on it. Yeah, especially when you start pulling apart, like, the, the details like we are. You yeah. know what I mean? So, do you like uh, you like the title? You'd keep rounders? Would you come up with something different for that? Yeah,
1: you asked me to think about alternate titles. You know what? I don't think I've ever heard the term rounders other than in the context of this movie. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I've heard people saying, like, if they're playing poker a lot or whatever, like, I'm rounding or I'm a rounder. Yeah. it's It's pretty much this movie. Like, it was a thing. I guess they didn't just invent it. But yeah, I, th- I think it's a pretty perfect title. It's like unique. Yeah. It didn't have any prior history really that that I knew about. So I didn't have any
0: other titles to this. I thought that Rounders has that perfect kind of underground feel to it, which is everything we were just saying yeah, about. It's the short music and sweet. And the, yeah. Like it makes you want to know
1: more. If you don't know anything else, it's like oh I'm going to see this movie Rounders. What's that? What does that mean? What's yeah. that? Like it kinda intrigues you. What's that about? I wanna know. Yep. So yeah, I, I like the title a lot.
0: To compare to a movie like you ever see uh uh Boiling Room? Boiler Room. Boiler Room, yeah. So a while ago, but yeah. Like but that's a that's a term that goes with
1: Well, you know what? I'm pretty positive that's I think
0: that's Koppelman and Levine also, I think wrote the that same, movie. The same writers.
1: So there you go, yeah. That's good. I'm that, pretty
0: positive, yeah. That's a pretty solid movie too. I, I didn't I didn't mind that. I love the opening scene of that. Well the he's got a casino in his house, like the blackjack in his like in mm-hmm. townhouse or whatever. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But things like that, it's like, hmm, can could I, could I do that? Can I get away with that? Like, <laughs> I'd be robbed.
1: <laughs> well, you, I mean, I guess that's what something that good movies do. Like, for me, this movie was inspirational. Like, yeah, it's got, like, the CD element to it. But, like, yeah. like Mike dreaming about going to the World Series of Poker, like, that's kind of where I got it from. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people did that started playing poker around this time or when, when Moneymaker won and, like, the whole poker boom happened. I don't know. I, I just always find myself coming back to it. It's uh, between the quotes and the end goal of like, oh, go to Vegas, go play in the World Series, win the World Series of Poker. Like that stuff was always on my mind. Like that was my my main goal on my to do list was getting the World Series. So yeah, yeah. But you want to, to win your
0: way in though. too. You don't want to just slap down ten grand. Like if you could win your way into the World Series, that's
1: if. That's yeah, slinger. that's that's the dream. I mean, and, but honestly, I guess if you could slap down ten grand, either you just have a really good job and saved up a lot of money or you <laughs> yeah. wanted playing poker, which I guess right. you won your way in anyway. Like, just yeah. over time, you win a, whatever, you win a few hundred bucks a week. Yeah, if you're a rounder. Yeah. Like, you got that stack, <laughs> You can build you know it I mean? up. Yeah. And then it's a decision, do you want to risk it all? Is that, is 10 grand all you got or do you want to, like, like he does at the beginning or, or are you going to keep building your bankroll? But...
0: So we talked earlier about, like, when um, we look at the movies in 98, and this, like, nowadays you get so many sequels and prequels and different shit like that. So if this movie came out now, you know what do you think you think it makes i mean they they could they could do a sequel for this tomorrow and i'm in right like like i don't want them to because i don't want to ruin the the mystique that we have from this movie
1: i'm always torn about that like cuz they've done a lot of sequels for things where it's like if you love the original movie it's like oh don't ruin it like i don't but on the one hand it's like oh you could just ignore it just pretend it doesn't exist like yeah. I, I know one one good example is independence day yeah that was one of my favorite movies ever i went like first day i saw that when my brother the day came out we were in like middle school then and then they made the sequel so many years later and i was so excited about it and it was it was kind of kind of crappy like yeah, yeah. i didn't i didn't really it like, like it a i was whole bringing lot. all
0: their kids and then they're going through the yeah, same they, they didn't like, get
1: will smith back they had a lot of the old characters but it just wasn't the same and it was kind of a rehash of the plot it wasn't that good so A lot of times when they make a sequel, especially after so much time has elapsed, I feel like it ends up being underwhelming. Yeah. But at the same time, like it hasn't really ruined my enjoyment of Independence Day. I don't like it any less or think of it any less. So I don't know. My feeling is if they want to make a sequel, I'm going to be there the first day. Oh, for sure. Like I was for the second Independence (laughs) Day. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, on on this probably slim chance that it's just as good, it would
0: be pretty amazing. Unless it's Top Gun 2. You know what I mean? That was even better. That's honestly, what I'm saying. Like, that's, yeah. that's the only one. You it's know? possible, yeah. So I think that I think the other option of this would be if this came out now, could it be potentially like a like a series? You know what I mean? Because you say that's okay, the way to
1: go. I think, yeah, yeah, I think. So really too. dive into things more. Like whatever you have, eight or ten hour long episodes, and yeah, yeah. I think I think that would be a good fit. I know you asked about like a possible prequel. It's like I don't really love prequels because like you kind of know where it's going to end up. Well, the only end.
0: prequel I want to see is about Kanish. Like, that's, I that's, wa- yeah. that's the
1: prickle I want to see. But either. you
0: know what? I don't, Kanish is
1: not a main character. Like, you, you wouldn't want to watch two hours of Kanish because he's, like, watching paint dry. He's good <laughs> at what he does, but, like, he's not really engaging, you know? I don't know if he'd be engaging. I think you're probably right about that. But Maybe you I- could see, like, what made him the way he was. Maybe he took a bad beat when he was younger and something that turned him. So, I mean, anything Rounders-related, I'm in. If they make something new, whether it's yeah. a a show, a sequel, prequel, whatever, like, I'm there day one. Build that
0: world, that environment. Yeah, like, I, yeah,
1: I think a show, like, you
0: get, like, a show on HBO or something like that, like. Well, you flash back to a young uh, Mike and Worm, you know, yeah. with, that, with the high school, maybe an episode or two of, like, what they were doing in high school, how, like, how yeah. well they got
1: caught. It could be I mean? really interesting, too, because, like, back then, there wasn't, like, online poker. Like, poker's changed a whole lot since then. Like, the World Series hadn't exploded yet. Moneymaker right. hadn't happened yet. So like everything's totally different. Like nowadays you got like these like solvers online and players using all these like computer algorithms to get better and it's a totally different ball game. So like could they do a sequel where you pick up with Mike 25 30 years later and is he still playing? How is he navigating this world? Did he succeed when he went to Vegas? Yep. Did he fall out of poker for a while and now he's back? Is Worm still alive? Has he gotten himself killed? <laughs> is he are they hooking up again? So there's a lot of possibilities they could have with it, but it would be interesting. But I do like that this movie was made when it was made before online and before all that. Like, I think the whole the whole sense of like it's it's like a very intimate movie. Like most of the scenes are like someone talking face to face, or they're playing heads up at the yeah. table in these small rooms, these cramped spaces. Like I feel like if they made a movie like if Rounders didn't exist and they made a poker movie now, and they have made other poker movies. And they haven't been super great, a lot of the ones that have come out in the past bunch of years. Because, I don't know, they just don't feel like... Yeah. You almost want that, like, claustrophobic the, kind of commercial. feel. commercial. The ones now... Yeah, like, exactly. commercial, yeah. So like, I, I'd be interested, like, if they have the same... right. I mean, those guys are still writing billions as in, what, like, it's eighth season or something? Ninth season? Yeah. So they're still going strong. So if they signed up for it and they could get, like, Damon back, Ed Norton back, that, yeah. that'd that be sick. I mean, I'd be all over that. That'd be
0: something. That'd definitely be something. <laughs> You know, I was thinking uh, poker movies, and I was like, I don't know if you consider Molly's Game like a poker movie. Right? Yeah, sure. But, I mean, no, Molly's Game was really good. I did like that. That's that's a really good movie, but like I said, it's more. You know, it's based on a true story too, which is cool. But it's it's flashy for yeah. It, you know what I mean.
1: Despite it being based on a true story, it didn't feel as real as Rounders, which is kind of weird because Rounders yeah, is, it is weird. Yeah. Pretty much totally fictional. It's based on a few real life experiences, but it's a it's an original story. Molly's Molly's Game was good. I liked it a lot. Cool.
0: What else am I missing on this movie that we didn't get to?
1: Oh, jeez. I know you asked me um, about, like, alternate casting
0: options. Okay. So any, anyone you take out of this movie and bring in? Like who? Oh, like my choice? Yeah.
1: Well, well real quick first, I know there were two main ones that, uh, that, like, in reality almost came to pass. I know Nev Campbell was supposed to play Joe. Okay. And I, I read an article on it that she turned it down. Like, Harvey Weinstein was kind of the guy running Miramax, so, like, obviously he's got all his baggage with him. But I read an interview with her where she said that uh, she had just done Scream 2 and she got offered the part in Rounders, but it was under the condition that she would make Scream 3 and accept the same pay that she did for Scream 2 Okay. rather than like you would think you get a raise as you keep going in the franchise. So she turned it down kind of on principle with that. That's how Gretchen Mull ended up doing it. Hmm. Um, And then the other one was uh, Jackie Chan. Oh Jackie Chan! Oh my God, Johnny Chan! <laughs> Johnny Very Chan. different people. Good Lord! <laughs> yeah, um, Johnny Chan uh, was originally they were going to have Phil Helmuth play that role. Okay, and I feel like they it was such a better choice that they they had Johnny Chan. Like Johnny Chan was just kind of like the essence of like cool professional. Oh, yeah. poker play. Like yeah, Hellmuth was a dick. He's he, he's a great player, but he's just a total clown show. Like I feel yeah. like, like you already got Malkovich doing the voice. Yeah, if you had Helmuth with all his antics and stuff, like. As, and even just after the fact, like knowing, I don't know how much of that he was doing back in 1998, but he certainly, in the years since, he's just. Well, that being over said, I top. love
0: watching the film Helmuth play because. Yeah, he's very entertaining. He's entertaining, yeah. I don't want to yeah. sit at the table with him because I.
1: Oh, yeah, I'd I lose my mind. Him. Yeah, but I love watching but him But yeah, like... I, I think Johnny Chan was the way to go for that. So I, I think they did well. Well, Johnny Chan him. had
0: won. He won in 87 and 88. Back to back. And then he was the runner up in 89. To Helmuth. To Helmuth. yeah. That's, that's right. Like, and Helmuth so he won with
1: pocket nines, the hand I lost on. <laughs> I don't know what so, to make of that. But. <laughs> so Chan,
0: Chan had quite the stretch, so I think he was the right choice for that. So if you go back to you putting your way back machine to 98, and I'm trying to think of people that that could, could have done the roles of some Oh, of yeah. You know what I mean? One of the ones I thought of was, uh, you know, I Martin Landau did a great job as the judge, but back in 98, I'm wondering, like, where was Gene Hackman maybe during this time? Like, oh, yeah. I, think I mean, he, he could he play anything. He, he could have pulled that off. Yeah, because you know, he was well, no, because he was an enemy of the state, right? So that's yeah. one of the last good Hackman movies that we got. So same idea, right? Guy in the sixties and seventies. They, they and- would have
1: changed, like you, I know, as far as like the rabbi yeshiva yes. aspect. Yeah, Gene Hackman, as great an actor as he is, I don't think he's pulling that off like yeah, Martin yeah. Landau is. <laughs> but so maybe different they background. would change it to a different background. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, he, he could have played anything. That was pretty solid. As far as, I mean... He could have been KGB. He was Lex Luthor. He, well, Gene that's, Haggis <laughs> was good. He could do anything. That's true. Yeah.
0: That's true. So speaking of KGB, the only other person I could think of who could pull that off and uh, would be Gary Oldman. I was thinking the same guy. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like such a
1: chameleon. Like every role... Total chameleon. You've seen True Romance. He's like a <laughs> lunatic. Like, Drexel's
0: my favorite character.
1: Yeah. That's he, it. he Every role he's got, he completely transforms. So he's the one I had in mind for
0: KGB also. Yeah. And that's, and that's all I had for those. I couldn't even think, you know, I mentioned Famke Jensen. I mean, you could probably replace her with anybody good-looking at that point. But if, if budget was a factor, I'm glad she was in it. But, yeah. you know, she didn't bring anything special to the role. Like, you're like, oh, man, like, right. only her could play this, you know. You can't take out Edward Norton. Um, no, I, he's, that's just perfect. That's his role. I, I love Damon, Matt too. Damon's I mean, role. I'm, I'm yeah. sure
1: you could mess around with it, and it would be interesting with different actors at the time. But I think Damon and Norton are just... They're right. so good. They're like two of the best actors we've had. And they were both like just hitting it big and they caught them at the right time. They're in it together. playing chemistry Chemistry together. together too. Oh, amazing. You know I
0: mean, like they, I felt like they were best friends.
1: Yeah. Oh know? yeah. And, and that they really like had that falling out. Like they had, we haven't talked about the scene in the gym where like, yeah. he basically like, like Norton's like, okay, we got to leave town. It's highway time. We got to go. And, yeah. and Damon's like, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I'm going go to face the music. And, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, okay, that's it. Like every every scene with the two of them is just great.
0: Yeah, I couldn't think of any th- I mean the rest of the stuff was just the- Excuse me, I wouldn't take Ken out of there. That he's amazing. So.
1: I I can't think of a John Turturro role where I would rather have somebody else in.
0: Yeah, it's tough to, you know, to think who was around in 98, you know, doing different things. Um but yeah, I think you're right. I think you got you got Damon on the cheap, you know, because between that and Goodwill Hunting that came out like he blew up after 98. Yeah. You know what I mean, and you're not getting him cheap after that. You know whatever he's asking for, he's getting at that point. Yeah.
1: So. One thing I want to mention about Damon. This is another thing that uh, I had never heard mentioned when people talk about this movie. So the movie ends. He gets in a cab. He he gives the money to Joe to give back to the judge. Yeah. He gets in the cab and he's going to go to to the airport to go to Vegas to play in the World Series. Yep. And like what well, you said, it was that same year. Was it early that year? Was uh, Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. Or, or later that year, whatever. Yep. Um that movie basically ends the same way. He like he goes to see about a girl. He chases Minnie Driver yeah. to California, and here he, like I mean, they were split up already, but he's leaving his ex-girlfriend behind. He's leaving his life behind to go to Vegas to chase his dream. So in both both so, movies sort of means. end the same way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Damon, I know he wrote, him and uh, Ben Affleck wrote Good Will Hunting. He didn't have anything to do with the writing of Rounders, but I thought that was pretty interesting that they came out so close and they had such similar endings. That's a good
0: comparison. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, um, I
1: think we covered it pretty good. I think uh, I think so too. Hopefully,
0: we 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 did the movie justice because yeah, it really is my favorite. The one thing I saw in there too was uh, so both Damon and Norton played in the in the. Oh yeah, we didn't talk poker. about that. They played in '98. It was like Damon lasted about four days. Was it he, that long? I know he he actually
1: busted out to Doyle Brunson. To Doyle he, Brunson, yeah. He mentions in the movie, and I mean. This was already in the movie, and then it just happened to take place in real life. But he mentioned in the movie, like, he dreamed about sitting next to Doyle Brunson at the World Series of Poker. He did. Yeah. I don't know if he was right next to him. I, I've seen the video, actually, before. I think he was a couple seats down. But he had kings, Doyle had aces, yep. and Doyle took him out. So, I mean, if you're going to go out, that's the way to do it. Like, yeah, kind of the, the, the grandfather champ. of poker. Yep. So, I know they have uh, the Super System, which is, like, the, the, the famous the book, book that, wrote, that Doyle yeah. wrote. That shows up in, like, the first scene when Mike is getting his money to go play at KGB's for the first time. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool that they played in it and and had that kind of
0: experience. And if it's ever on TV, I watch it. I have the DVD, not the not even the Blu-ray. That's how old of a copy that I have. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Any, uh, any other
1: closing thoughts for you? Well, if anybody wants to watch it now and they don't have the DVD, I do have the DVD, but I'm lazy, so I just looked up like where it's streaming, and it's on uh, Paramount Plus now, so I watched it on that. So yep. I'll give them a little bit of a plug. But, yeah, just uh, if you've never seen Rounders, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Go watch it. <laughs> uh, hopefully it doesn't ruin your life and make you leave your life behind to go try to become a poker player. <laughs>
0: Listen, if you're still listening to the podcast at this point, you're a Rounders fan. I, I would think you. so, yeah. We, we
1: probably, we've already gotten rid of the ones that have no idea what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> right, right. Anyway, Terrence, man, thanks so much for coming back on the show. I think we'll, yeah. uh, we'll take a look at some other movies, and we'll see what – We'll see what's next for us. We'll yeah, I'm down. Know.
1: We we had a big list to choose from. I'm sure there's plenty more too. We so did. This, you let me know. I'm in.
0: This one definitely has you know, as I mentioned, uh, it's near and dear to my heart with this movie. Uh, clearly, it does for you as well. So, um, you know, much like a cook cooking with love, you know what I mean. <laughs> here we are. Here we are talking about rounders with love. So, anyways, again, thanks for coming on, uh, everybody. Thanks for listening. Like I said, if you've made it this far, I appreciate it. If you like what you hear, then be sure to you know, like the show, maybe share this with, you know, someone today. And uh that's it. All right everybody. We'll stay casual.